1: Welcome in on a Friday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to on this week-ending edition. We're going to talk some BYU hoops as well as some BYU football. Two big matchups for both the BYU men's basketball program as well as the number 13 BYU football program be playing out tomorrow. A Cougar doubleheader, if you will, we will preview both of those games and also get us some questions I've been meaning to answer all week long. So a lot to get to ahead on today's show. It's brought to you today by our good friends at All Guard Pest Control as well as built go we'll tell you about both of those companies here in just a little bit all right with that rundown out of the way it is time to get going here this is the locked on cougars podcast for december 4th 2020 What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. A big thank you once again for joining us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. We aim to be your one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news. You guys need to know about each and every day as well as passing along insider tidbits that you cannot find anywhere else. So a big thank you for joining us as usual. Kicking off today's show, it is here, folks. Tomorrow, 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time, 5.30 local time. Eastern time out there in Conway, South Carolina at Brooks Stadium. BYU, the number 13 team, playing the number 18 ranked Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina, excuse me, Chanticleers in a big time showdown. And I am excited for this game. And the way to preview this game I thought would be to have somebody who covers Coastal Carolina explain it a little more in depth than I could. And that is none other than Joe Cashin. He is the play-by-play voice of the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers. And I guess what I should say, it's Sergeant Cashin. He is a veteran, but does a great job covering Coastal Carolina football. But he joined DJ and PK in the morning, the radio show that I work for during my day job with the Zone Sports Network this morning to talk about Coastal Carolina. And right off the top here, he was very adamant about BYU being a worthy opponent for the Coastal Carolina program and conversely, Coastal Carolina being a very good opponent for BYU and I think many of us who pay attention to these programs and paying attention to what BYU is doing I think we all kind of look at and say oh yeah okay I get that I understand why he would say that but he was very excited for this matchup he said it's something that the Coastal Carolina program since it moved to the FBS ranks in the beginning of the 2015 season they've been looking for a showcase type game showcase type environment and when you have college game day there well there's no bigger platform in all reality than what you're going to have happening in Conway South Carolina tomorrow so uh, kicking off some of the thoughts from Joe Cash and of course they kind of go as their offense goes speaking of Coastal Carolina it doesn't mean that the defense is bad by any means but they really do rely on a high powered offense that leads them and Grayson McCall is the leader of that the redshirt freshman quarterback has totally just over 2,000 total yards on the season, passing for 1,747 yards on the year. An incredible 20-touchdown-to-one-interception ratio. Well, Grayson McCall is pretty dang good, according to Sergeant Cashin. Here you go.
0: You know, the one interception, he made a, a bad read against Arkansas State and tried to go over the middle, back kind of against his body, kind of into... Try to fit it into a window that just wasn't there and had it picked. Now, on you know, to be honest, he's had a couple that, that sh- probably should have been intercepted, one against Louisiana and the one against that. But, hey, those guys didn't make the play. So he has that one interception all year. But, really, those are about the three worst throws that he's made and only one got picked. But you mentioned the offensive line, and, yeah, these guys have done a terrific job. You know, Loper and Lampkin, Thompson, Carter, and Badoski, they're not the biggest guys in the world. <laughs> I mean, they're going to go up against a big – BYU front tomorrow, but they they have done a great job of protecting Grayson and opening ways for that running game to get on track. And Grayson does a really nice job too of not just standing in one spot. He'll move around. He'll climb the pocket. He'll move you know side to side if he has to, depending on where the pressure's coming from. So he's he's pretty good about being able to maneuver himself in and out of trouble, mostly out of trouble. So I mean, his pocket presence for a redshirt freshman is is really off the charts. I mean, it knew <laughs> that. He was going to be a good one, but this early, didn't know he, you know, he would be quite as good as he's been this season. It's it, it really been fun to watch him play this
1: year. Well, listening to that from Mister Cashin, it sounds like Grayson McCall is a very poised young man. I think some echoes go to what BYU fans have seen from Zach Wilson during his BYU days. McCall, obviously a retro freshman versus a guy like Zach Wilson who's a junior, but we all saw it from Zach Wilson at multiple points during his BYU career, especially early on. He was a very poised player and made great plays. Now this uh, coastal Carolina offense is very interesting. They run a triple option based run system out of a shotgun formation. If you pay attention to college football programs like Tulane, have done this in the recent past but it's a very intricate system and the idea is it's not a true spread system it's also not a traditional option system but it melds the both of both worlds here you go mr Cashin, talking about how coastal carolina will try to go about the run game and hopefully win the time of possession battle against the cougars
0: i expect the game plan to be kind of what we've done all year you know it's try to run the triple out of a two-back set, which we like to do a lot, and then spread it out. You know, I hope we can hope we can get the numbers right in the box to be able to do the things that we want to do. You mentioned C.J. Marable, and he had a season high of 157 last week at Texas State, and, yeah, it was miserable. <laughs> oh, it was miserable down there. It just poured all day. But, I mean, I, I think that kind of worked to our advantage because we were able to grind them out, you know, get the, get the running game on track, and, and hopefully we can do that. Hopefully we can keep – you know, Zach Wilson and this offense off the field. I mean, you know, you talk about numbers that just jump off the jump off the stat sheet. I mean, they just scream at you what these guys have done all year offensively. And our our MO really I I would think tomorrow is to try to keep the ball, you know, win time of possession decisively. Run Jamie Chadwell football, which is grind out first down after first down, you know, with that running game, have Grayson timely in the passing game, being able to go down the field some, but All in all, just trying to keep that BYU offense off the field. And and hopefully it'll work out for us. We can get the option game going, get C.J. untracked, get Reese and Shamari Jones, you know, our other two backs that you mentioned, get those guys untracked a little bit. And, again, play keep away. You know, and 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 scoring up to win at the
1: end. So there you go. It sounds like Coastal Carolina wants to control possession like they normally do. Their game plan, they're not a flashy offense. There's no doubt about that. They're very much a team who likes to churn out first downs, pick up 10 yards, do it over again, and just grind on your opponents. They're not a team like BYU this year in many ways when they just attack downfield. They will attack downfield. They have some good wide receivers. I think their tight end might be one of their best players they've got. Isaiah Lyons likely but Javon Haile a great player in his own right well it sounds like the wide receiving core may not be as deep as it has been in the past but Mr. Cashin is pretty high on what Coastal Carolina brings to bear in that department.
0: We kind of took some hits and at wide receiver in preseason but the guys that, that are playing the wide position right now have really done a good job and, and Javon Hailey, Sam Denmark, Cam Brown, Greg Latushko is great on third downs kind of a yeah, you know, uh, slot kind of guy. He'll will sneak him out there. Next thing you know, he's wide open. And Grayson does a really good job of finding that wide open guy, going through his progressions and being able to stay patient in that pocket, like I talked about a minute ago, and just be you know be able to spread the ball around. I and mean, then Isaiah Likely, who's a tight end for us, really is not a tight end. I mean, he's a matchup nightmare. So hopefully, we can get him in some mismatches down the field and and have Grayson, you know. Give him in a couple of big play situations.
1: If all that is true that you just heard from Joe Cashin, that means BYU secondary is gonna have their hands full, but this is a very experienced experienced secondary for BYU, and I think they're gonna go out there with the mindset that you know what, we're just gonna go out and play our game. We're gonna control the controllable and we should win it. And I honestly I don't think that's a bad idea for what BYU is trying to accomplish here. One interesting tidbit to this that I'm looking forward to is seeing how BYU's offense front which has been absolutely fantastic this year how they do against a defensive line a defensive unit that has generated plenty of pressure against coastal carolina's other opponents well as you're going to hear mr Cashin's a little worried about coastal carolina's ability to get zach wilson off rhythm
0: (laughs) you know that's like the thousand dollar question honestly i was talking with our coach last night and he was kind of wondering about that too that was kind of one of our concerns you know can we Without down three or down four guys, get there against guys that go six six three hundred, you know six five three hundred, six five three ten, six seven three zero two. I mean, we haven't faced any size like that, anywhere close to that, all year. Can we get there with our, you know, all all conference and probably defensive player of the year, Teron Jackson? Can we get there with him? Can we get there with CJ Brewer, who had fourteen tackles against us? Outstanding app team a couple of weeks ago. Can Jeff Gunner, our bandit, get there, who's been a, a huge plus coming back for us this year? I, that's going to be the thing. I mean, if we have to start blitzing people, you know, I'm not not really excited about that. We've got to figure out a way to get pressure and, and move him around or get him uncomfortable back there with, with our our down four guys, you know, four or five guys that we're going to bring. We'll see. You know, it's, it's, it's certainly a huge challenge to go up against this BYU front and to try to – get some pressure on Wilson.
1: That answer right there makes me think that BYU is a decided advantage in the trenches. I already thought that, but... Mr. Cashin sees it as well, and he covers Coastal Carolina day in and day out, and I really do think BYU can control this game in the trenches, and they should. Obviously traveling to this game is going to be interesting, but I just, I think that BYU's got an advantage in this one, folks. I think most of the lines I've seen from sports books had BYU opening as a 10-point favorite, and I think that sits right about where I thought it would be, but Mr. Cashin, I think, had a great insight on what you can expect to See from Coastal Carolina in this game. I'll give you a few more of my keys to the game here in just a little bit later on in today's podcast. I'll give you my score prediction as well. And coming up here in just a moment, though, we need to preview another big matchup, BYU Basketball. They are going to be heading north to Logan, headed to the Spectrum to face off against Utah State. What are the Cougars in for when they make the trek north to Cache Valley? We'll break that down here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at All Guard, Peskin, control. Love this company, guys. I've told you a lot about them over the past year or so that they've been advertising with us, but I'll tell you this much. Seth and his team are the best of the best when it comes to pest control needs. In fact, Seth, who's supposed to be joining us here on a Friday edition of the show, couldn't do so because he's so busy with all of the appointments he needed to keep, and I said, hey, you do your thing. You go take care of business. I'm just here to support you in whatever role I can as a, in terms of being an advertising partner with you. So he's off doing his thing i'll tell you what guys he will make time for you to take care of your pest control needs he takes care of my home the entire team at all guard pest control does and they are the best of the best if you have pest control needs no matter what they might be they can fit the solution to your problem i know that's kind of a weird way to use that phrase but it works they will make sure you are 100% satisfied or they'll make it until or they'll make it up to you until you are satisfied. That's what I love about this company. Give them a call anytime you need them. 801-851-1812. That's 801 801- That's All Guard Pest Control. Check them out online as well. AllGuardPestControls.com. That's All Guard Pest Controls with an S. And also search them out on social media. You can find them there as well. And feel free to reach out any which way was easiest for you. That's All Guard Pest Control, a proud partner with us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. It's time for another in-state battle for BYU basketball. They are heading north to Logan to the Spectrum up there on the campus of Utah State University. It'll be the Aggies and the Cougars squaring off once again as they do annually. And I look forward to this game every year, folks. I love watching BYU and Utah State do battle on the basketball court. Two very vocal fan bases, two very proud programs. And I think this year's game... It's going to be a fun one. I think there are some of the big bigger names that have been ruling this game in the recent past that are gone, obviously. Seven seniors from BYU squad a year ago gone. A guy like Sam Merrill leaving Utah State and being drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks. But there's still plenty of talent on both sides in this game. Let's give you a rundown of who to watch out for for Utah State. First things first, the Aggies, they're 1-2 and two on the season. They played their first three games over Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, Opened up at the Bad Boy Mowers, something invitational in South Dakota. They lost their first two games in pretty stunning fashion, got routed by VCU and South Dakota State, then bounced back and down northern Iowa, 82 to 71. They have not played since last Friday, so they've had a full week here and they will be without their head coach. Uh, Craig Smith reportedly and then was followed up and confirmed by the university. He tested positive for covid-19. He is in isolation working remotely, but will not be in attendance and coaching his team in this game. The hope is for him to get back in time for their next game a week from tomorrow against St. Mary's. So they're only playing two games. Speaking of the Aggies in a two week span here. So they're going to put a lot of effort and energy into this game, and you can expect that they want to end a pretty lengthy losing streak to BYU. The Cougars have had the better of the Aggies of late, and you can guarantee that it bugs the people who wear Aggie blue that BYU's done as well as they have. Uh, Utah State players to know, obviously led by Nimi Ishketa. I love Nimesh Keta as a player. A big center out of Portugal. He's averaging 14.7 points through three games this year, playing an average of 28 minutes a game. Uh, just a fantastic, fantastic athlete. And I do wonder who will get the draw to guard him for BYU. This is the type of game, and I felt like it was similar to a game like USC for BYU earlier this week, where a guy like Gavin Baxter, his length, his mobility, his athleticism would be the great defensive matchup, or I guess what we'd say uh, stopper for Nimesh Keta. Well, you lose a guy like Gavin Baxter to an ACL so now it's incumbent on guys like Richard Harwood, Matt Harms as well as Kobe Lee to be able to slow down Nimesh Keta. Keta's going to get his, folks. He's a great player. There's a reason why he's been thought of as an NBA draft prospect. In my opinion, I'm stunned that he's still in Logan all these many years later. I thought he was going to leave after his freshman year and try and go pro, but hasn't done so so far 14.7 points on average 9.3 rebounds a nearly double-double so far this season. I would expect as the season goes along, he probably stays around that number. And the interesting part is who's around him right now. Justin Bean, a big contributor a year ago. He's actually the fourth leading scorer on average for Utah State so far this year. And he's an absolute animal. Justin Bean's just an energizer bunny, I feel like, on the court. Averaging 11 points and 5.3 rebounds through the early part of this season. A good player. But then the guard line is where Utah State, it's kind of retooled this year, but I've been impressed with two new additions, or two guys that have stepped up. I guess I guess I should say not new additions, but new guys who have stepped up in the absence of Sam Merrill, and they are Marco Anthony, six foot five, 225 pound guard, averaging 12.7 points per game, four rebounds as well, and then Roley Worster. He is the two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Montana. He is now a Utah State Aggie, and what he proved in high school is he can score. In bunches, he's the third leading scorer for the Aggies so far this year as a freshman. Twelve points on average per game, also averaging two point three rebounds and two assists on average. And he's a good player. He's young, and I think BYU's bigger guards should be able to take him. I don't know what the matchups will be. In all reality. I could see, uh, obviously, a guy like Richard Harward getting the start on Emius Keta, but then on the guard line, you've got two a small, two BYU's leading guards or two of the smaller guys on the roster. Speaking of the Abba backcourt, Alex Barcelo and and uh, Brandon Averett. they've got to be able to hold up in guarding their opposition for the Aggies. I look forward to this game, folks. I think there's a lot riding on it for BYU, especially with that bounce back win over St. John's. They've got to be feeling a little little bit better about themselves after that trip back to Connecticut. Not a lot of time to get ready for Utah State, obviously making the cross-country flight and then having to travel to Logan. But I do think BYU is more than capable of beating Utah State. It's not going to be easy. This is very much a retooled roster for BYU. And as we saw, if a team buries them early, Will they be able to fight back? Do I think that... Utah State has the same athleticism and shooting ability that USC has? No. But they do have the ability to lay it on BYU. Can the Cougars absorb some of these punches, play with the emotions that they're going to have, obviously with it being an in-state game? There will be a limited amount of fans. I think 1,600 fans will be in the spectrum. So it's not going to be the true Utah State spectrum feel for BYU. But those fans that are there, I'm sure, will be very vocal and very... um, shall we say, unkind towards BYU. It seems to always be that way with uh, the Utah State games up there for BYU. But you know what? That's what part of an in-state rivalry is all about. So BYU's run here continues. Going into next week, they got Boise State and Utah on the horizon. There's no rest for the worry when it comes to the BYU basketball program. But I do think BYU is capable of winning this game. My biggest key for BYU is shooting and scoring consistently in this game. You cannot go long stretch against Utah State not scoring the basketball you want to see what more of what you saw through the first three games of the season for the Cougars as well as especially that second half against St. John's making buckets consistently making three-pointers consistently if BYU's offense plays like they did in the second half against St. John's against Utah State well guess what BYU is going to beat Utah State and make it five and one on the season We'll all find out. And also, the one other thing, by the way, real quick on this, how in the bleep did this end up on the Mountain West Digital Network? This bugs me that this game is only streaming on some who-knows-where-you-find-it network online this is a game that should be on TV at bare minimum. BYU TV should have stepped in, but the mountain West, I think is playing some politics here. I don't have any insight on this, but the fact that this game an in-state rivalry between BYU and Utah state is ending up on some digital network. It's a travesty and it needed to be corrected. I guess there's still time potentially for that to be changed, but I'm not guessing it's going to come through. Would have been nice to see it on actual TV, but we'll be able to hopefully find it on the mountain West digital network at some point, And I'll pass along anything I hear about how to access it. If you haven't accessed it previously on our social media feeds. All right, coming up here in just a moment, we'll answer a couple of questions I've had sent in this week. I haven't gotten to yet. We'll also give you my keys to the game for a BYU victory over coastal Carolina and football as well as my score prediction that's coming up here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Go. Guys, many of you face challenges in your life, quote unquote walls, whether they're physical, they're mental, no matter what they might be. Built Go wants to help you break through it. I love Built Go. It's a fantastic way to get that extra energy burst you may need to get through your day. I usually make it to early afternoon with my early mornings and sports radio, and I'm just absolutely gassed, feel like you need a nap. Well, biltgo Go has been a big part of helping me break through my walls that I run into, and they want to be part of yours as well. You can go to BuiltGo.com, learn more about this. It's a collagen protein product in a gel package, 1.5 ounces, real easy to consume, and the best part is it gives you that kick of caffeine to get you going right away. Then the B vitamins and the protein kick in to give you that long-lasting energy. It's like the 5-hour or that monster energy feel, but it has that long-lasting ability to help you break through those walls and get your work done. Check them out now at builtgo.com. Use a promo code locked when you're there, L O C K E D and get 20% on excuse me, 20% off your next order and you can check them out guys. It's builtgo.com. Let's go with builtgo. Before we go here on this Friday edition of the podcast, let's run down some of the keys to the game for BYU to beat Coastal Carolina. Key number one in my mind is use your advantages, speaking of BYU. The Cougars are absolutely going to be the bigger team in the trenches, the more experienced team in the trenches, and the Cougars need to rely on that as they go into this matchup. Uh, Many of you probably heard Coastal Carolina, their center, their starting center on their offensive line is 5'9", 280. 85 pounds first off Props to that young man being able to put on 285 pounds onto a five foot nine frame and play offensive line at a Division I level. That's pretty cool in its own right, but that size should lend itself to Kairos Tonga having a decided advantage and at least drawing a double, if not triple team on any given down he's on the field. BYU's offensive line, they run 6'5", 300 pounds across the board on average. Use that. Lean on Coastal Carolina. This is like a fight folks in the early rounds you work the body you make sure that that opponent feels you and then you know what in the later rounds when they're all softened up and they just can't take it anymore that's when you pour it on I want to see Tyler Algier have a huge game for BYU some of you uh, may be wondering what the status for Lopini Katoa is everything I have heard is that he will not play in this game tomorrow there's still an a possibility if he feels well enough that he could, but it doesn't sound like he's going to be healthy enough to play. Also, Tyler Batty on the defensive line for BYU uh, suffered an injury or I guess a re-injury of his injured ankle and will not be available based on what I'm hearing for this game as well. Those are only the two notable big losses I think for BYU but it means a guy like Tyler Algier should have the lion's share of the carries and hopefully he can capitalize on that and hopefully BYU can have a dominant day running the ball in this game against Coastal Carolina. Control the clock, time of possession and get a big win. One other big note I think is BYU, their secondary, they've got to be smart about how they go about things. This is not a Coastal Carolina team that's going to try and burn you over the top based on what I have seen in researching them. They're very content to take that intermediate to short passing game and just take that dink and dunk down the field well if you're BYU that's secondary there's going to be a tendency for you to try and cheat up and hopefully jump a route. you got to be careful because if you get burned all of a sudden that is that big play that it's an intermediate pass that ends up being a 40 or 50 yard gain and potentially a touchdown BYU secondary has got to be very, very careful about how they attack this team. But I really do think BYU has a decided advantage. I think the Cougars are ready to roll. They're eager to prove themselves, especially to a certain committee that meets in Grapevine, Texas. You may know it as the College Football Playoff Committee or the CFB Cabal, as certain people are calling them. anon? I know you guys are out there. But regardless, this is a big game and you guys are probably waiting. Jake, what is your prediction? Here it is. BYU 38, Coastal Carolina 24. I think the Cougars are double-digit points better than Coastal Carolina. The Chanticleers will score on BYU. I feel like this offense is just a little too good to be held in check. I'd be happy to be wrong on that, but I think BYU is not going to be stopped. They are chomping at the bit. They have to make cross-country travel, but I think that their adrenaline, just their pent-up emotion about the college football playoff rankings is going to have them ready to roll. And I think the Cougars pick up a big win in Conway, South Carolina and improve to 10-0 on the season. All right, one final uh, question here before we go. Is our good friend Joel Willardson weighing in? Joel, I hope you and your father are doing. Well, formerly a guy, a family that joined us, excuse me, what I should say, on Fan Fridays this past offseason. Joel sent in a question asking me what my favorite uniform combo is for BYU. He said he's a big fan of the blackout uniforms as well as a traditional royal top with the white bottoms. All of those are very good ones, Joel. I have to say, though, the uniforms BYU is wearing this weekend, the white on white with the royal trim, it is a fantastic look. I love it. I am a traditionalist with BYU. The royal blue should be BYU's main color. I wish the university would just go with it, but I understand that they have other things in play with that. But I'm a big fan of royal blue. So anything that incorporates royal blue, I'm a fan of, Joel. There is something to be said, though, for that navy and white look for BYU at home. They're traditional, I guess, what you'd call uh, in recent past home uniform. It's a good look, but Royal will be forever my favorite. I am Team Royal all the way. All right, that's going to do it. Oh, by the way, one other thing. I asked for social media, on social media, for you guys to send in your Spotify wrapped uh, list. Spotify sends them out at the end of the year, lets you know what you listen to the most. If Locked On Cougars is on it, send it in on social media and we'll be giving you guys a shout out. Uh, Joel did that. He sent me an email with a screenshot. And Joel, this is quite possibly the most impressive thing I have seen in some time. What I'm talking about here, folks, I'm going to put this out on social media. You can follow us. He sent me a picture and he says, my biggest podcast binge from Spotify. And this is what he did. He streamed 12 episodes in one day of Locked On Cougars. Joel Props to you, sir. 12 of my episodes in one day. Let's see. We average about 20 to 30 minutes. Man, it's a lot of BYU talk, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all of your support, guys. It's that time of year. We all kind of reflect on the year that was in 2020, there's been a lot of crap, let's be honest, but there's been a lot of good things, especially with this podcast, and it's a big thank you and a big credit to all of you and your support of the podcast. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Send in those Spotify-wrapped pictures. We'll be sure to give you guys a shout-out like Joel did, and a big thank you for your support of the podcast, as usual. My personal Twitter feed, if you'd like to send it there, is Jacob C. Hatch, and also the email address, that like Joel used, is BYU at gmail.com. All right. Enjoy the games tomorrow, folks. Go Cougars. Hopefully they take down both Coastal Carolina and Utah State. We'll do a special post-game edition afterwards to talk about those games, the results, etc. and we'll be back on Monday with our regular editions of the podcast as well. Until then, have a great day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for December 4th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys soon.